The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the kind support of Autoria, Source Elements, and RSPE Audio Solutions. Welcome to the Production Expert Podcast. I'm Julian Rogers, and in this week's edition, I'm joined by Nathaniel Reichman and Mark M. Thompson. We're going to discuss albums. Are they still important in 2022? Nathaniel is a New York-based Grammy-nominated producer and mixer who's worked extensively in television, film, advertising and classical music. He's lead mixer at Dubway Studios in New York City, a graduate of Bennington College and an alumnus of the art school Fabrica in Italy. Welcome, Nathaniel. Hello, Julian. Mark M. Thompson is musical director, arranger and entertainment developer for P&O Cruises. His work includes performing live and creating shows for the company as well as freelance work. His credits include touring and or recording with Paul McCartney, Sarah Brightman, Slash and the BBC's Strictly Come Dancing Band. Uh, welcome, Mark. Hello. <laughs> Excellent. So this podcast was it was inspired by uh, and follows on from an article that's, uh, that's going up on the site, well, tomorrow at the time of recording, um, uh, about albums, because uh, I'd, be, I'd been out, I was, I was out on a walk, and rather than fill my head with current affairs off my phone or something, I thought, I tell you what, I'm just going to listen to an album start to finish. And I really enjoyed it. It happened to be A Kick Inside by Kate Bush, which I've never listened to from start to finish, although I knew nearly everything on it. There's a couple of little things on there I hadn't heard before. Anyway, one thing led to another. It got me thinking and I thought, actually, am I alone here? Do people still listen to albums start to finish? I know people listen to stuff from albums, but put an album on, listen to the whole thing as intended and come back. Brief conversation with Russ, uh, he reminded me of uh, the fact that Adele had uh, managed to change uh, the way Spotify present albums on their platform. They've removed the shuffle button on album pages. When I first heard this story, I thought it was just on her albums, but no, it's across the whole of Spotify, which is quite an achievement. Well done, Adele. <laughs> and it, there's something about the value of a uh, that format, shall we say, because we're not talking about an object sometimes we are but not exclusively that format albums how important are they it's 2022 if we talk to someone half our ages are they even going to know what we're talking about so start off from the top really both of you i'll go in order but uh Nathaniel, when was the last time you listened to an album for pleasure from start to finish well you know um thank you for having me julian <laughs> um when when you brought up this topic uh on this podcast it, it really um piqued my interest um, and I'm not showing off, but it was, it was good timing because it was literally last weekend. I put on an album that had been recommended to me and um, one song on it was so good. That I thought, you know what, I'm going to stop. I'm going to start at the beginning of this album and find out. And uh, I listened to the whole thing. And, and it was such a beautiful album that literally when I st you know got to the end of it, I started at the beginning again. And now... Granted, it was the weekend, and I think I was uh, making brunch for my family, so I had some time, and I was in the kitchen. Um, but it was a nice experience, and it reminded me exactly of what we're, we're talking about here, which is mm. how often people do sit down and listen to a whole album. And then, um, spoiler alert, the album was um, an artist that I really didn't know anything about uh, up until last weekend. Uh, the artist is, is a woman called Yeba. And she has a new album that's getting some press, and the album is called Dawn. And it's a gorgeous album and and, uh, and a great listen. There's not a bad song on it. Awesome. So, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we may return to that, but uh, Mark, same question. All the time, luckily. I mean, uh, you, you saying right at the top that you thought, I know, I'm going to listen to an album 
all the way through is quite a bizarre phrase to hear from someone who's I know we we work in uh, in music but to actually have the time or the desire to listen to an album and it almost seemed like a novelty the fact that you're listening to an album from start to finish is a little alien to me I mean I, I still luckily do find the time to do so and purposely find the time to do so even though I'm I'm working in music constantly um but a few albums in the last week, the new Punch Brothers album, which is just incredible, as it would be. Um, a couple of days ago, the new uh, Aoife O'Donovan release. But then she'd been sort of um, releasing a few songs in the run-up to it. So I'd, in all honesty, I had skipped a couple of them whilst listening to that. But albums in their entirety, I do try to listen to, unless for work, and you're just referencing songs, but normally I do try and listen to an entire album and also Yebba is phenomenal great choice Nathaniel oh okay. well thank you I think I, I think I'm late to the party I think everybody I know yeah. already likes Yebba and I didn't know that so. yeah I mean I, I don't know I didn't know she had a full album now I've just uh, I've just seen some and obviously listened to some ridiculous arrangements some of the gospel stuff that she's done is just phenomenal yeah 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 Okay, I, f- I feel suitably chastised because clearly I have some kind of butterfly mind and I need to concentrate on what I'm doing. But um, yeah, well, 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 no, but I'm, I'm going to interrupt you for a minute, Julian, because hmm. you asked me when was the last time I listened to a full album. It happened to be last weekend. But I need to be perfectly honest here to set the stage, which is on an average workday when I get a break or I'm about to make lunch or I'm going to get in the car with my kids to go somewhere. I'm, I'm looking for a single to listen to, right? And so that I do admit that I think the majority of the moments in which I turn on music, if you just count those as certain moments to, to turn on music for a, to have a positive listening experience, I'm looking for a single song. I want to hear that song from the weekend, you know? But that's because, but that's because so. you're still working though, isn't it? Because you're, without even really realizing it, you're thinking about when you listen to a single, uh, mix techniques, uh, and all that kind of stuff and production techniques and you're analysing it as opposed to enjoying it. Mm, that is covered in that first question of when was the last time you listened to an album for pleasure yeah. from start to finish? Yeah. And if, if you do what we do, that for pleasure thing is quite a key phrase, actually. Yeah. I mean, somebody, 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 you know, a consumer should wear, that, sound, that sounds derogatory, but you know what I'm saying. So <laughs> a normal person who just listens to music because that's what it's for. Um you might think, well, why else would you listen to music? But yeah, therein lies a story. Um, the start to finish thing's important just because, I mean, a good example might be uh, inspired by the same uh, by the same experience. I went, hey, this is great. I'm going to do this again. And I'm looking around for albums that I feel I should have... I, I, I should know that I've, I've sat and listened to them all the way through. Now, this, I think, is partly inspired by... There's a distinction I want to draw here between albums that you have bought and owned, which, let's be honest, tend to be kind of like historical because I don't know about your buying habits, but certainly um, while I might not approve of everything that, streaming, that happens with streaming, um, I do consume most of my music... Uh, from streaming platforms if you bought an album yeah you're going to listen to the whole thing because you've been you know you've bought it and it's arrived and there's some sense of occasion about it but this embarrassment of riches we have it's very easy to lose interest in something because something else pops into your mind that's more attractive and it's it's not the starting listen to an album it's the finishing that's the thing i'm talking about what do we think is there a distinction there between 
you know, albums you own and have a physical album and the, the, the physical object and just the content, the, uh, the, the music that's contained therein that you can access in, via other means. I, well, I, 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 go ahead, Mark, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I was going to say I absolutely do uh, believe in that because if you, anything, a new album might pop up on Spotify saying, oh, you've listened to this artist before, here's their new album. You'll click save and download and go, oh, nice, I'll listen to that later. Whereas if what what I tend to do is I'll either go to Bandcamp when the email comes through saying your artist has released a new album, buy it there and then, download it, and then make a point and listen to it. Or even if it's, um, depending on the artist, head over to somewhere like HD Tracks and buy it in full resolution. And then you do tend to, instead of streaming it, uh, you know, whatever codec they're slamming it down your, to your phone. Mm-hmm. I much prefer listening to a beautifully crafted album. All the time and care that's gone into making that, why wouldn't you want to listen to it in the best quality possible and actually spend time listening to an artist's work? So I I do make a point of buying it. And, 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 it, and there's it, an element of support in there a, as well, isn't there? Yeah, and it, and it take, and it, I think it does take away the um, the throwaway sort of um, ideals of it just turning up in Spotify. There was where, 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 why was it that Apple gave away the U two album? Oh, what, God. what was that yeah. again? But I remember th- I, at the time, I remember writing something in response about if something's free, then you don't value it. Yeah, this is probably where we so. are with it. Mm. Yeah, that was a number of years ago. There was a U2 release that was automatically added to everyone's iTunes collections. That's it. And and Apple mm. had thought of it as this great gift. And I actually um I actually thought it was a pretty good album. I think I was in the minority of critics uh, who who enjoyed the album. I, I I've saved it and and was quite glad to have it. But there was a lot of pushback to you know how dare you add this to my my iTunes <laughs> Apple yeah. Music hey, Library? How dare you my, give me something you know, for free? Yeah. Well, it was taking <laughs> no. up people's. It was taking up space on their phone. They couldn't take a photo of their kids anymore because this three hundred megabytes had been taken up by <laughs> yeah, etc. Yeah. I think it was back in the in the day where I don't know what the M4A um, codec, whatever it takes up. But it was enough for people then to go, oh, well, I, I now can't download the latest Justin Bieber album that I wanted. Right. Because <laughs> I can't. But then they had to actually release an applet to delete it. You had to download something <laughs> or go to a site on an Apple thing to actually instruct it to be gone. You couldn't just undownload it. That was the big problem. It was It was so forced upon people. I don't think anyone really listened to it because they were just so aghast at waking up to a U2 album being forced upon them and taking There are worse things that can happen, but yeah, okay. Yes. <laughs> I know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, problems, right? 300 megabytes of Bono's ego. Um, you know, I, I, was, I, I was the only one to listen to it, and, and then my, my kids listened to it, and they enjoyed it, and, you know, yeah. it's a pretty good album. And maybe it's not the best U2 album ever, but I think it's pretty good. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> I, think it, I think it was just a, a great marketing idea gone a bit wrong, and it was brilliantly sent up in... Um, in that pop star Never Stop Never Stopping film, Andy Samberg and Lonely Island. Oh, where they re- Yeah, they released a new single via everyone's fridges and microwaves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, let's, let's go back <laughs> to, to the... Go on, go on. To answer your question, Julian, you know, this is a little bit of heresy because I've produced, you know, a number of albums... And I know that people are buying albums that I've produced um, on CD. And actually, we we have a contact now who wants to re-release some albums uh, on on vinyl. 
Um, but for my own uh, personal listening habits, um, I've gone completely toward streaming. It's all Tidal and, and Apple Music, and I don't really have a lot of physical media around. And I think the um, the circumstances in which I buy an album, uh, like um, Mark was saying with HD tracks, or you know, if there's a high resolution or a surround sound download, the way that uh, Morton Lindbergh's albums are often available, then maybe I'll, I'll do that. You know, but, but the great majority of my listening is, is Tidal and Apple Music, and I'll, I'll listen to albums um, uh, via streaming. And the streaming platforms have gotten a lot better, so I'm, I'm sort of defending that mm. as a listening experience, even if it's not a great um, mm. economic uh, experience for the artists and producers. No, so, no, it's, it's true. We yeah. c- you can feel a little uh, conflicted about uh, about yeah. these things. <laughs> Achoria has a wide selection of software effects, including three compressors, three filters, three preamps, and three delays you'll actually use. The latest release, three delays you'll actually use, includes Delay Tape 201, Delay Memory Brigade, and the unique and experimental Delay Eternity. A bundle of selected effects called the AudioFuse Creative Suite is included with all AudioFuse audio interfaces. Visit Achoria.com to find out more on the effects you'll actually use. So, okay, so, I mean, let's get back to the uh, to the to this distinction that we're drawing between, um, uh, r- well, reasons for listening, but you're both talking about, you know, taking the time to listen to an album. I know that this is something, this is... Uh, I moved well, last year, and I, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I finished moving because I certainly haven't. But something that I'm yet to do uh, in 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 the new house is I have a lovely old uh, Leak Stereo Twenty Sixties Hi-Fi Valve Amp, lovely, lovely thing, soft, beautiful, not at all accurate. It's designed for listening to. It, it makes things sound really, really nice, but you couldn't use it as a, as a studio amp, for example. Yet to plumb it in, actually, and with it the CD player. And uh, got got an awful lot of CDs, which finally have a home, actually. But that's an interesting thing for me, just because um, while I can listen to music in the studio and have technically a better experience, if I want to listen for pleasure, what I used to do and will do again quite soon when I get round to it, is fire up a, C- fire up a, a CD. Uh, I don't use vinyl. Um, fire up a CD through the valves in the living room and uh, and probably end up going back through some of those kind of those those go to titles that you have when you kind of you want uh, you want a bit of a treat shall we say i mean i'll i'll just cut to the chase i always end up listening to so but uh, that's not a bad choice really but but you know what i mean it's like what do i want to hear i want to hear that actually let's just you know well, yeah, and, and some of the stuff as well yeah yeah that's uh, well you know you you're you're touching on something that um I, I was actually thinking ahead of this podcast and and everybody is guilty of this even audio professionals are guilty of this which is you, you may have a workspace or a studio or you've invested in some good listening equipment but then for your living room you know, you, you've gone to Best Buy and you spend $500 on an amazing television. Like, it's incredible. Mm. It's stunning to me what little money you have to spend to get amazing mm. picture quality in your living room. Huge, you know, high-def, ultra-high-def, you know, 4K television. It's incredible. And it's the... um. Uh, the audio systems for these televisions are terrible. The built-in audio is terrible. And so people spend that money, they put it in their living room, and they stop, and they forget that you've got to spend the same amount of money on speakers. Um, yeah. And as soon, as soon as you do that, and I'm not even talking about a whole lot of money. You know, some of the new soundbars mm. sound fine. Um, but as soon as you do that, then um, the invitation 
at the end of a long day, if you have a beautiful screen, you say, well, I'm going to watch Netflix, right? You may not, it may not occur to you unless you've got good speakers to, to listen to some music instead and have an even better experience than watching another lousy episode of a, of a Netflix show. You know, so I think it's just a matter of as soon as you have good speakers and like you have your good amplifier or something mm -hmm. like this, uh, you're more tempted to say, hey, I could I could have a, you know, I can have a glass of wine and enjoy this for the next hour. Especially you know, when you've of, got, you know, a tactile uh, release, something on CD or vinyl that you have to actually pick up, open up, put in the machine, <laughs> press go. Then th there is that whole thing. And that oh, that's always been... The, it, it was the huge benefit to vinyl. Everyone said, oh, I will never transition to CD because vinyl's better with the gatefold and warmer sound, and blah, blah, blah. But now it's happening with CDs. People are actually returning to CDs because they realise it is better quality than streaming in most cases. You can open a sleeve and read lyrics. They're not taking up as much room as, as vinyl or anything like that. And, you know, people are even re-releasing albums on tape now. It's a trend. I know. Yeah. But, I, I'm not I, I saying that's a fashion thing, but all music <laughs> is fashion anyway. But it's. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's uh, I, I think that's, like, like you say, at the end of the day, you sit down with a glass of wine. Um, I don't know whether people read papers anymore or just get an iPad out and, and read something on that or play a game whilst listening to an actual album that you've selected. Not that some uh, algorithm has chosen for you because you listened to someone else a bit like them three days ago. And you've chosen it and you stick it on and you actually enjoy it, whether it's as a uh, background or you're genuinely um, involved. Mm. You know, I, I think the key thing, though, is not whether... Maybe the physical media is important to some people, uh, but uh, to me, not so much. I think the, the key thing is having uh, a listening system that is exciting to you abstractly and say, hey, you know, mm. I'd love to find out what this sounds like on these great speakers I have, or, you know, and, and then, and that way it becomes as attractive as that glowing, you know, colorful television screen, you know, mm. and, and, and I think there's something, something about the kind of animal appeal, which is like, hey, I'd love to, you know, get to that. And I think that's what's holding up people from listening to, um, longer stretches of music is if you only have a pair of Bluetooth speakers or you listen to music on your laptop or something like that, you know, it's a little bit unpleasant after a song or two. So, well, okay. Yeah. Um, let's, let's just look at kind of what we're talking about here, just because I mean, we're talking about, talking about listening to uh, a collection, a, a relatively extended collection of music that's, that's related in some way, probably from the same artist, but not necessarily. Now, I mean, this model of kind of like having an album, and I mean, these are kind of like, uh, these are kind of key points along uh, a band or artist's uh, development and careers. You you have, you know, you, you think of a like a, you know, a, a big established act and, and you bracket their career in terms of album releases. This is kind of like the model that we're used to. The reasons, the practical reasons for that have kind of fallen away largely, but but lots and lots of the industry still kind of like uh, subscribe to that methodology, if not necessarily producing producing that object at the end of it all, or not exclusively driven by driving that, uh, producing that object at the end. Um, I think that's interesting. I mean, aren't we just talking about curation of a collection of songs here? And you can access that in other ways today without needing to have an album as such. Um, what do you I mean, Mark, what do, what do you think about that? Do, do, you, do you access your, your, your music in, 
in terms of well referencing that album form or, or in in other ways as well or i mean what do you think it it really depends on the release doesn't it because and the artist and the genre and and what they're going for it's someone like Coldplay will release singles uh, as a run up to releasing an album and then you know that album is going to be uh what they used to call event releases yeah um and then especially if you look at the last one, Music of the Spheres, which is just full of guest performances and collaborations with everyone from... I mean, this is Coldplay, and, and they're, they're collaborating with BTS and Jacob Collier. They are mm. at... They're one of the, um, the few, like, older artists that are keeping up with the TikTok generation. And I also think that this releasing EPs is probably for the attention span of the TikTok generation. So if you I release, was going to talk about EPs. Keep yeah, going. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think this kind of single slash EP, because there's always three or four songs that just suddenly get released, that they're just dropped, as they call it now. And you do that every few months, as opposed to just one album every year or so. Then it keeps it in the, you know, the general public or certain generationals. Psyche. But I don't know really whether people are specifically choosing to do it as a collection of songs or still as an album. You don't realise that until, or you, you can't, you, you can't really understand that until an album is released and what does it sound like? Does it flow together? Do tracks um, crossfade and and is there a theme running through it or is it just like a, an Ariana Grande album, just absolute bangers from start to finish? In which case, but, why not just release them as a series of singles concurrently, you know? But I think like, they, they all are anyway, aren't they? Yeah, because yeah. people just go on to Apple or uh, or whatever music provider and just buy that single. People mm. start buying albums just like, I only want those three songs off it. Well, not to be rude about Coldplay, but, you know, that album is so uneven that I tried listening to it and I couldn't because there's only one or two good songs on it. So, <laughs> so I sort of, sort of gave up, you know. Um, but I, I also, I have to push back a little bit on the TikTok generation and, I, and I'm, I'm keen on watching and listening to how young people interact uh, with music. Um, my younger son, who's um, who's thirteen oh, years old, it, it, it wasn't a know. slight at all on a generation. I'm just saying that that's oh, because yeah. of the attention span and and how things are so immediate and so quick that maybe uh, an EP release as opposed to a full album release is is because of that. That's just well, I, I've always interpreted the EP releases because we don't have enough content for a complete album, you know. Yet we haven't, you know. But um, but, you know the um the mo the more recent release of um Kanye West Donda, um, I was stunned to see uh, a whole bunch of kids, you know, kind of from ages 13 and up, very keen and listening to the entire thing, right? You know, Donda came out and they're like, this means a lot to me. I want to listen to this from beginning to end. And so I think for attention span, you know, I, I, was, I was quite surprised by that release. And uh, I'm not sure that the, uh, the teenagers are as uh, short attention span as, um, as our generation might imagine them to be. That's my thesis. But then um, the other uh, topic I wanted to bring up, uh, Julian, was mm -hmm. also uh, the impact of genre on what we're talking here, too, because I work on a number of classical albums, and um, uh, those are very often constructed with a much longer shape. So it, it lends itself to, to mm. album length listening because it's going to be hard to sort of drop in on 
on, on, on the middle of something or, or mm. choose one movement, which is, oh, here's my favorite movement. I'm going to keep going back to listen to that as though it was a single, you know? So I, I feel like in the classical music world, there's a little bit more uh, emphasis on uh, on the album. Although I, I do occasionally see EPs and short things like that from artists. Okay, you know? well, that, that's the so, other thing to, to, to consider yeah. is, is and this is the same as um, movie length as well. We know that the magic movie length is 90 minutes. That's um, enough to put everything in and not start boring people. Um, so how long is the new uh, Kanye West album? You know, I don't know because um, I don't love it as much as my children do. So I drop off after about five songs, you know, uh, but we, we, we can look it up and find out here as we go. <laughs> I'm doing it what, right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what I'm thinking is that um, uh, the albums have got longer just because, oh I mean, God. if we think about what you could fit onto vinyl compared to what you could fit onto CD, there's a whole story there about CD. It's an hour I, and 20. I reference. Yeah. There you go. Well, there you are, because <laughs> I um, uh, and no, even it's not, sorry, sorry, I've just I've just looked okay. it up on Wikipedia. Huh? <laughs> it's nearly two hours long. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what I'm sort of driving at here is, and I, actually, I referenced this one in um, in in the article that's uh, that's uh, up on the site, which is uh. I have a copy of Nashville Skyline. So 1969, Bob Dylan. Mm. It's 27 minutes long, both sides. You know, it's like it, it, we worry about, uh, we go to historical releases on uh, on Spotify, let's say, and you think, I want to listen to this album. And you'll find that uh, what they've got there is a, is a remastered version, always, and very often with extra tracks on because that constraints fall in the way. So I think we kind of have a, might have a slightly self-defeating point here of like, what do we mean by the album anyway? You know, which version, <laughs> uh, how much is on it? And yeah, do we need a two-hour album? Well, this is, I remember, obviously albums back in the day were, uh, the length was dictated about um, how much could be held onto a vinyl uh, mm. disc. Same as CD. Um then I re I remember, and I, I made a note of this whilst um, ahead of doing this podcast, that back in 96, uh, when REM released New Adventures in Hi-Fi, um, there was an article in Q, or a review in Q, rest in peace, Q magazine. Uh -huh. And I, I'll never forget it saying that four years prior to that, Automatic for the People was a perfect 43-minute album. But this, quoted... Raise no eyebrows, but a few stifled yawns when it weighed in at nearly seventy minutes. And it was, and, and then they said something about needing to put the compact back into compact disc. Now, maybe <laughs> I, I think, I, th I think nearly a two-hour album of Kanye to me would, I, it would do my head in. And but I, and I and I think that if you look at all the classic albums and ones that are genuinely, truly enjoyable to listen to. Most of them, unless they're specifically double albums, are all under probably fifty minutes. Less than definitely less than an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think, and I mean, apart, well, apart from Amused to Death, which is the greatest album ever made, and that's seventy-five minutes, I think. But I I I think it's not just a, an attention span. I think it's the the quality of that amount of material in that amount of space and you know maybe maybe a, a very average album is more easy to listen to over a long amount of time whereas something that's absolutely incredible 
it's going to blow your senses away and you don't need it to be any more than 45 minutes because you just enjoy it so much. <laughs> the Production Expert Podcast is made possible using Source Connect Now from Source Elements, the free way to record high-quality audio over the internet. Need to record an interview or a podcast like this one remotely? With Source Connect Now, you can. Using a Chrome browser, you'll get ISDN equivalent quality audio without the need to install any additional software. Register for your free account at now.source-elements.com. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, let's let's actually let's actually drop the F word, filler, just because um, one of the one of the things that keeps coming up when when you're discussing albums, particularly physical albums, and the whole thing we start off with the Adele thing was uh, getting rid of the shuffle button. Okay, the other side of that actually is also skipping tracks. I talk about this in the in the article about you know if you're dealing with physical albums, it's it's actually a bit of a faff to stick to skip a track, and your threshold of wanting to do so rises <laughs> with that increased amount of hassle. Rather than just tapping on your phone to skip the track, you yeah. have to get up, cross the room. If, you're, if it's on a cassette or something, forget it. You know, I mean, who's got time for that? But, you know, are you going to risk your vinyl by dropping that needle? And you know, all these kind of things come into play. Well, on vinyl now, especially with these um, half-speed mastering 200-gram heavyweight, there's only two songs on each side of the thing, isn't it? So you, you have to keep going up and down. Who, who wants to do that? What, what is that apart from app, nothing but marketing rubbish? Really? Exactly. But why do you want to? Why do you want to 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 skip the track in the first place? And I suppose what I'm saying is that um, uh, is that we must all have had that kind of like buyer's remorse of of you know buying. Uh, I mean, certainly years ago when when an album was you know a major purchase, you know, to your average teenager or something. You know, it's like get down Woolies and blow all your money on whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, very UK reference there. Excuse me. Um, but. Um, I suppose what I'm what I'm getting at is that that thing of putting on and there's actually a motivation for you to want to like the, the whole the whole album because you're kind of stuck with it, you know, and um, that's kind of fallen away. Is this why we're kind of quite twitchy on the skip button these days? We haven't invested, we don't have uh, the, that that added motivation to give it a go, and we can all think of tracks that we've heard that you may have passed over as being filler, but they actually just don't have the instant appeal of stuff. But as we all know, with instant, things that are instantly appealing, sometimes that appeal fades quite quickly as well. So. I, I don't even think that opinion's up for debate. It's exactly what it is. Mm. It's because of the ease of, like, you're looking at a phone and you go, ah, oh, that lyric was a bit weird. Oh, I don't like that snare. <laughs> You skip it to the next one. Actually, Julian, I think you actually are really onto something, which is that we, because we're spoiled for choice, there's so many things you can listen to that if you, you know, when I'm sort of, when I'm surfing, you know, new releases on Apple Music or on Tidal, it's very easy me easy for me to be dismissive of an album after listening to just a little bit of it. And if it was forced on me because I was only one of 10 albums instead of one of a thousand that were sitting in front of me, it's possible that I would spend longer with it. So I think that that probably is, um, you know, even though I fully embrace the streaming world, I think I think you've hit it. You're, I think you're you're onto something. And I think that is a, a genuine drawback to the um, uh, to the streaming world. And also, if you yeah. seek out an album, it's because you're already a fan of the artist or someone that's a friend or a review who said you have to listen to this album so you not only invest in buying it but you're investing in the time that none of us have these days 
to actually bother listening to it as opposed to just skipping through and going, yeah, that's all right, yeah, I'll yeah. listen to it once or whatever. It's like good films. You, 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 if you actually, oh, apart from going to, to the cinema now or buying it on Blu-ray, if anyone still does that, you're not just going to watch it once, are you? You're going to watch it again because you enjoy it so much and that's why you've invested in buying a physical copy of it yourself, having seen it. It's the same as if you are listening to something on Spotify, for instance, and then I'll go and buy it on Bandcamp or somewhere where I can buy it in full resolution because I'm not, by no means an audiophile. I haven't got, like, like Julian has, like, valve amps for speakers. or anything. I'm very digital and... I do listen to my music on the same headphones and speakers that I use in my studio. Um, or apart from when I'm out and about, then I've got lovely little Bose in-ears that EQ with a smiley face and, of course, makes everything sound great. <laughs> but I, I, I do think it's that... To actually invest the time in it is because you want to. It's, it's, no one's forcing you to, to listen to it unless your job is a reviewer. To actually have to sit there and listen to albums, but then yeah, that yeah. must be demotivating. <laughs> there, there's something, something interesting happened in my in my listening experiences for in the last two years, and I'm I'm, I'm going to bring this back to our our technology obsessed um, audience here with with a production expert. Um, the beginning of Dolby Atmos music releases, uh, you know, Dolby Atmos music has existed for a long time, but it didn't really start going until. Um, where is this 22 right now? I got to say when title came out in 20 with a catalog, um, the catalog of Atmos music releases at the beginning was so thin. There were only a handful of albums. And I was so curious to hear these mixes because they were so radically different from anything else that I, that I heard that, um, I was actually drawn to listening to things that were probably out of my, um, out of my comfort zone. And I discovered a lot of artists because at the time title had, you know, 40 albums that were in Dolby Atmos. Yeah, and, I, yeah. I, and, and so I said, Oh, instead of, instead of having a thousand choices in front of me, there were only a handful of choices. And I discovered a number of artists that I probably wouldn't have discovered otherwise who I like musically, Never mind the mix and the Atmos aspect of it, just because my choice was limited. Right. Mm. And um, and I think that's been going on for the last couple of years because um, well, that, uh, the Atmos that's... catalog is so stunning to it's just so much fun to listen to. But there are so few albums in the format that I, I think I've, I've been actually listening outside my comfort zone because I'm like I want to. I'm not sure I like this artist. I don't even know this artist, but I'm going to listen to it because uh, it's going to fill the room with this incredible sound if it's a good Atmos mix. You so know? your your selection criteria has changed, and that's made you focus in a different way. Well, yeah, absolutely. And in fact, you know, I had a, one of my favorite artists just recently came out with an album that, um, and they're, they're pretty successful, but it's stereo only. And I, and it's, a, and I, I, I sort of look at it, you know, when it, when it comes up on my phone or my computer and I think, ah, you know, the drag is only stereo, you know, I was like, I, I, wow. I do want to listen to this, you know, but it's going to sound yeah. two dimensional, you know, it's going to be flat against the wall over here, you know, nah, maybe I'll listen to this other thing. It's an Atmos, you know, and, and listen to it in stereo know. in an echoey room. That's all Atmos is. They, oh, yeah. those, old, those, those old hi-fis that used to have super widener on uh, it, or, yeah. or the Dolby surround auto button. You just press this. <laughs> I, I can take a fight coming I used, on. I, I know what you mean. I used to, um, about 15 years ago, I would go and buy DVD audio discs, primarily because uh, all the old rock stuff would come out 
right. remixing it and, and Stinky Dan and things like that. Go, yes, I want to hear Nightfly in 5.1. But I'd also buy discs by artists that I'd never heard of because they were in 5.1. Mm. Yeah, right. But and then, that, and then uh, you just, start enjoying does, something. Go, oh, this is quite yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, I, sorry, I, I can't get on with Atmos. It, it literally is that. Do you remember that? Oh, this is 4D audio, the thing that came out a few years ago that everyone said this is the way that audio is going to be. It's just using binaural stuff and a bit of reverb and moving things around. That, that Going back to Coldplay, a friend of mine with his Apple iPods going, listen to this, listen to this. And I put it on and turned my head ever so slightly. I was like, it's, it's just a reverb. I went into his settings, turned it off and went, oh, have a listen to this. And he was like, oh, my God, what did you do? It sounds amazing. I just turned Atmos off. And he was like, oh, just listen to how it was mixed, man. Just a bit of reverb and... Fake 3D space, it's not. Uh, anyway, well, surround uh, works great for films, but I, 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 I don't think it's... I know that it's with Apple and with Tidal now, but I... Yeah, I'm not... No, Mark, I'm not I, I invite you to come around. over to my... I invite you to come over to my studio and A-B uh, some music uh, in Atmos on speakers, because... Mm. Um, now, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big proponent of getting Atmos right, but I'll be the first one to admit that there are a lot of bad Atmos mixes out there. Mm. Um, you know, because well, we're discovering, we're discovering like the format. AI mixes. You know. Yeah, it's AI mixes. You well, no, no, there are, there are no, I, there are no AI mixes it's because I know the people who are doing them. There are no AI mixes, um, but uh, we're discovering the format right now, and and as we explore the format, we're getting better at it. And the mixes that are good are stunning, right? I mean, they're really extraordinary. And and I understand the pushback occasionally because you'll hear a remaster of an older release that you're really familiar with in stereo. And that remastered Atmos version, depending on how it was done, um, might be off-putting because it might sound pretty different than the one you're accustomed to. So I'm very keen on new Atmos material because that way we're not um, uh, dredging up the past. You know, mm. we're, we're creating uh, well, a future. Well, I think that's, so, that's what always happened you know. with those surround releases, um, Blu-ray disc or DVD audio. I think the best ones were that just made it, you know, uh, gave it more atmosphere as in the space. They wouldn't throw like a backing vocal over your left shoulder or anything stupid like that. It would just give it the the space of the natural of, of what the studio that it was recorded in sounded like. Yeah, it just gives well, it more I, depth. But um, things I've heard so far, uh, or admittedly only on headphones, is it's still in that uh, early stage of like, look what we can do, as opposed to any genuine yeah, sound artistic choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but I think. Um, for, for me, I, I um, it, it's, it's, you know, I go back to the Netflix comparison, which is like, what are you going to do for an hour with a glass of wine, right? And now, you know, I've got a couch in my Atmos studio, and it's really appealing to say, hey, this album that I haven't heard before, if it's a good mix and an interesting artist, that's going to be really exciting. And I'll, mm. I'll, want, I'll be motivated to listen to a whole album just because this is a whole new world. I feel like we're kind of exploring a new... Um, a new way of, of mixing and presenting music. You know, okay, um, and so I'm gonna, a, we've gone off a bit of a tangent. Well, no, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> about, I'm trying to bring it back to albums, though, because I yeah. know we're not talking about technology specifically. You know, but I, I think album, I think the new technologies uh, sometimes encourage longer listening sessions rather than discourage. So, yeah. That's there's a really a good point, and uh, and there's no way that in 1985 I'd have listened to Brothers in Arms as many times as I did if it wasn't for the fact it was the only CD my brother owned. So yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, 
there it is. Time is very much catching up with us. So I think what we should do is, I mean, I didn't expect to get anywhere on this topic. It was worth airing because it's interesting in itself, but I, I don't think it's anything we're going to settle. You know, I mean, why don't we just go go the whole hog? Hey, Mac or PC, which is better? You know, begin. But uh, <laughs> um, but it's been an interesting exploration of uh, of this kind of. Uh, um, the, I mean, we didn't even talk about the resurgence in sales, actually, of, of, of vinyl. It's it's in the article on the blog. Um, there's an interesting article I linked to from there, uh, from The Guardian, looking at the year-on-year yeah. year growth, 14 years of concurrent growth in vinyl sales, 5 million vinyl sales in the UK. I don't know how significant that is overall, though. So, Massively. You know, maybe and also CD, CD worldwide went up 1.2% last mm. year. So, yeah. Um, however, however, um, I think what we need to do is we need to move things along and, uh, and go to uh, our regular feature, Find of the Week. RSPE Audio Solutions design, sell, and install professional audio and video equipment. Their team are available by phone, live chat, or email to receive and process orders. They have everything you need to build or upgrade your home studio to ensure you can continue to work from home. If there is anything they can do to help, reach out or shop online at rspeaudio.com. Okay, so, Mark, uh, what's, what's your find of the week? I'm going to say Ephra O'Donovan's latest release, The Age of Apathy. Okay, excellent. Tell us tell us a, a little bit about that to encourage people to go and check it out. Uh, it? Well, I've been a fan of hers for quite a while. I was lucky enough to just wander into a gig many years ago uh, in... Um, at what was called the Jugalberry in Brighton. And uh, she was performing there, and then she turned up in Radio 2, and uh, she's in a, a trio of... Uh, an amazing trio as well. Um, but her latest album that she wrote and recorded in lockdown with some world-class musicians is uh, one of the greatest albums I've heard in the last five years. So that is... Excellent. It's not a find of the week, it's wow. a find of half a decade. Wow, that's okay, impressive. Right. Yeah. Definitely check that out. Okay. Uh, Nathaniel, what about you? Well, you know, the, the last time I was on um, the podcast here, I had an album that was uh, that, that was my find of the week. Uh, and I, at the beginning of the pod, actually, I mentioned the um, the new Yeba album, which was a mm. nice discovery. But um, my find of the week uh, with, that I've been working on this week is, is highly technical. And, and don't laugh at me, but I know we have a technical audience. Uh, my find of the week is the um, is the terminal program in Mac OS. <laughs> and, Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> The command line. My find of the week is command line in <laughs> Mac OS. And, okay. I, and I'll, tell, I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> what, I'm, what we're doing right now, and this relates back to the album thing, mm. I'm working on um, a release of, I think it's 10 or 12 albums, which are live events, right? And we're remixing them in Atmos. Uh, and they last for an hour, or an hour and a half, or two hours of continuous music because it was a live event. Right. And I can't tell you the artists right now because it's not released yet and everything's under NDA. But um, I mix them as one big hour long gesture. Right. And then in order to get it out onto the services and onto the streaming platforms, we have to slice up these events into 40 tracks or 35 tracks or however many tracks they were for them to be um, uh, to be distributed properly. And so it's a little bit of, with Atmos, it's a little bit of a technical headache. And so with the help of um, uh, one of our young geniuses at the studio, Theo Sternlieb, uh, he's written a, um, a Python script that runs in uh, Terminal, which um, uh, converts uh, Atmos albums into Atmos tracks, 
through the command line. And it's just great. And so wow. that's my find of the week. And we've, we've been debugging this um, application uh, because it's kind of written in-house. And so it's all very, um, you know, it's all very taped together right now. Uh, uh, but, it, you know, it converts our albums into, uh, into tracks without too much headache, um, which is a long process in Atmos if you do it manually. Cool. So, wow. You know, Excellent. Yeah. Okay. So, um, right. Uh, mine, mine is, uh, there's a, it's, it's a YouTube video about, about guitars, which is, some, I mean, there's so much stuff out there about guitars on YouTube, and most of it is not particularly interesting, to be honest. But uh, this really was. It's, it's a video by uh, someone called Jim Lil, and uh, it's, the title is Tested, Where Does the Tone Come From in an Electric Guitar? And I love what he's done. He starts off with a Tom Anderson telly, a very nice, solid-body guitar, and starts just going through it melodically, applying as, as much as he can the scientific method. He ends up with... Um, a set of strings across a gap between two workbenches, <laughs> all suitably sturdy, with a, with a um, with a pickup suspended in free space, and basically it sounds pretty close to this expensive Tom Anderson. It's like, yeah, it's the pickup, guys. Mm -hmm. Save the rainforest. So anyway, just check it out. It's a really good video. Good watch. I'm sure lots of people will hate it, especially people who've uh, bought AAA curly maple tops for their PRSs or something. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There we are. Yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, that's all we've got time for this week. So thank you to my guests, Nathaniel Reichman and Mark M. Thompson. Uh, we've been discussing albums. We certainly didn't get to the bottom of it, but it's been uh, a fun conversation. And uh, I hope to see you next time.